You came here for the truth. On today's episode, we are going to talk about money flows, crypto grows, and food woes. There's some serious stuff happening today, and I want to give you the breakdown so that you know what to do with your investments, with your personal economic situation, and hopefully inform you of what's coming in the future. All of that and more. Let's go. I've got two charts to start off this video. This one here shows you flows into global equity funds, essentially from the financial crisis up until today, and we have never seen anything like this before. And look at one thing that I noticed here is that the spikes become more exaggerated as the years move on. This is because people take more risk as we move further into a bull market. More leverage has been used than ever before in history. More margin has been used than ever in history. More money is flowing in than we have ever seen in history right now, today. Take a look at this chart here, global equity inflows by year. What you're looking at, let me pull out the highlighter. This right here is the 2021 annualized information. This is 2021 as it stands right now, $548 billion. Okay, already higher than anything we have seen. By the way, the chart goes back to 1996. So think about that. We are higher than 2017, 2013. Think about 2017, where every single month the stock market was up after the previous month. That doesn't happen very often. But here we have so much money flooding in that we are essentially just over halfway through the year and already breaking records. There's so much cash flowing into the markets, but where is it going? Of course, the few biggest stocks are feeling the love, let me tell you. You've got a stock like Apple worth something like $2.25 trillion. This is absurd, but that's what's happening today. And why? Why is that the case? We'll talk about that more in a second, but I just want you to understand how much money is flooding in. Look, between 1996 and 2020, it was $727 billion. So we're basically already there today in one year from 96 to 2020. It's just obscene how much cash is flooding in. Now, you can see this right here. What you're looking at is Brazil central bank vows to do what's needed to tame prices. They're doing something very different than what the Federal Reserve is doing. The Federal Reserve is ignoring inflation, and they are saying that inflation is transitory. But in Brazil, they're dealing with inflation here and there. So they say, we are going to increase our interest rates. And that's it. They're doing it. And guess what? That's not the only time they've done this. Okay. If I scroll down right here, you're going to see the chart. There have been multiple instances of this. This is from January, bringing it up slowly but surely. They're doing something very different in the Federal Reserve, but they're not alone in this. Okay. The, there have been 23 rate hikes by my count in 2021 alone from central banks around the world. 23 rate hikes. That shows you that they are not alone, that the Federal Reserve is starting to become the minority, not 
part of the majority. And they are, of course, worried about inflation because you can't control it. You can't stop it once it gets too hot. It, it requires devastating measures. People, you know, if you only needed to increase half a point, let's say, over a period of six months, they could handle that. But if suddenly you have to go into 1980-style increases, yeah, of course, you're going to cause major problems, okay? And, of course, you as an individual, you might be seeing liquidity everywhere. Like I showed you, a lot of money flooding in, right? But there's some other things that I think we need to cover. And in this article from the Daily Reckoning, this is James Rickards. You might know him from the book Currency Wars. He said this, a global liquidity crisis is now underway. Crises of this type do not emerge overnight. They take a year or more growing behind the curtain before the markets and the general public are fully aware of the gravity of the situation. We know that. That's pretty obvious. There are some specific warning signs of the global financial distress. There are four points. I'll make them as quickly as I can. All right, stick with me here. The Chinese Central Bank had recently lowered the reserve ratio requirements that commercial banks must hold against loans. We saw this coming. I've been showing you uh, many different things, specifically highlighting it back in April and then again in May and probably again in June, talking about China specifically, where things started to contract. That was warning of a deflation. And then we would find out about that around the world globally. We would, you know, that, that information would start to come out. We'll see what happens. He's pointing to that here as the government then starts to respond to that, to lift things up, to try and make things a little bit easier, realizing that, okay, they don't want to go too slow. They want to kind of balance it out because what was happening was an overheating. China started to slow things down, but of course, it's, it's sort of a, you know, it's difficult. Let's just say that foreign governments are reducing their holders, holdings of U.S. treasuries. This does not signal an aversion to the dollar. It signals that foreign banking systems are desperate to obtain dollars and will sell treasuries to get them. It's interesting. Certain segments of the euro dollar futures curve are slightly inverted in a condition called backwardation. This indicates banks and large institutions expect lower rates in the future and higher rates in the near term. And last but not least, yields to maturity on a 10-year treasury note have been dropping steeply since last March. This is indicative of a global fight, flight to quality and expectations of disinflation and slower growth in the future, consistent with a possible recession. We don't know if that's going to come, but all of these points are very valid and we should take them in. Now, something that has been, you know, all up in the air has been cryptocurrencies, and many people have been asking me about this. I was telling everybody 33,000 is kind of that range, anywhere between, let's say, 30, 33,000. The, the crypto, specifically Bitcoin, was trading within this range. And I said, once it breaks out and it's able to get beyond this point and start to really head above its moving averages, it would really signal that strength. I've been covering it. I don't know, basically every single night on my live sessions for those who tune in and look, lo and behold, it has moved much higher ever since, okay? Now, there's a lot of interest in it. JP Morgan had this report out here and they had made a couple points that I just wanted to show you. There are clear signs of demand improvement in futures markets pointing to rising institutional demand for 
cryptos. And that, of course, is key. That is so key right now because in order for this market to grow, they need more than just the retail traders putting in $50 here and there. We need to see much larger sums coming in. Okay. There's more details there, but I want to talk about this, uh, the whole situation here in the Money GPS Insights. So let's go. Number one, we have never seen this much cash flow into stocks ever. Number two, investors have never been this leveraged in history. Number three, the Fed may begin their risk off process by tapering their balance sheet or the amount of money that they're printing as early as next month. I'm going to give you a full breakdown on this in the near future. So keep watching the video, stay subscribed, and I promise I'll give you the details that you need to know. So everybody that's into crypto or even those who are not, should be paying attention to what has happened. Crypto market retakes $2 trillion market cap amid Bitcoin gains. And you can see Bitcoin moving above the 200-day moving average. This is really key, of course. It shows a sign of strength, especially if it can maintain itself above that level, right? They do get into more details, but I just want to show you the fact that, you know, you're looking at something that was struggling for a period of time, trading within a range for so long. People kept asking me, what's going to happen? What is it all about? I covered that on the lives. I don't normally talk about that on the daily videos because I had received, uh, you know, many people just basically saying, don't, don't touch it. Um, but anyway, uh, you could see. Take, just take a look right now, 47,000 and change at the time of this recording. Look at Ethereum has performed extremely well. In fact, outperforming Bitcoin uh, from year to date. And then you look at Cardano, which has done very well also. In fact, very well over the last seven days, increasing 50%. You just don't find that in many stocks out there, that's for sure. And everybody's favorite XRP, as in Ripple, going up 61% over the past seven days. Now, these things are super volatile, as you know. You know that these things are unstable, to say the least. But there's two sides to cryptocurrency that people should be aware of, and that is there's the speculative side and those who are simply looking at this super long-term, they believe in the cause, they want to hold on for a long period, and there are going to be fluctuations along the way. There's so much money right now because of the futures markets, because of so much of the speculation, that it's going to create these ups and downs. A lot of the big believers, they haven't sold any. They haven't touched it at all because in their mind, this is going to go much, much, much higher. That, of course, remains to be seen. But the point I'm trying to make here is that there's two sides. There's the actual cryptocurrency and then there's the speculation behind it. So just remember that whenever we're talking about it, are we looking at the price or are we looking at the underlying structure of what it means? Teens cash in on the NFT art boom. Read this article here. You can have many examples of these young people who have created this these NFTs and made substantial sums of money. I just found it to be interesting and, of course, in line with what we're talking about today. Now, to flip ahead to a completely different topic, shifting gears here, 
Look at this. Apparently, the largest increase to food assistance benefits, as in SNAP, as in food stamps, is beginning. All right. And this article, same situation, USDA to permanently boost food stamp benefits by 25%. So you can look at this in any way you want to. The statistics are there for us. Um, over 40 million people on food stamps today in the United States. And there's something very clear as far as I'm concerned, and that is the amount of people that need help is just shocking, absolutely shocking. So while you have the uh, literally a record amount of money flooding into the stock market, leverage at a maximum, housing prices going up to new highs, you have people who cannot afford to eat. And we're not talking about one or two people. I mean, we're talking about over 40 million people. Now I see the comments and I know this is going on. Are there people abusing it? Absolutely. Absolutely. People are abusing it. But how many people? Is it all? Is it 40 million people? Probably not. I think there's a lot of people that are struggling. And then there's always going to be some who take advantage. Just like the free samples at Costco. Maybe somebody's coming around two, three, four, five, six times in a row. But the point is, we have a situation that cannot be resolved by the actions of the Federal Reserve who are devaluing the currency intentionally, creating a wealth gap, creating a divide in between the haves and the have-nots. This is something I've talked about before, and I'm going to try to get an interview with this company if I can. Ten years ago, this was science fiction, the rise of the weed-killing robots. They put this machine onto the fields, and it actually zaps the weeds. And they say it has been working fantastically. This is not in a laboratory. This is actually being used today. So in the last 10 years, this technology has advanced from not existent to being actually used in production. So if I can get an interview, I want to know. I want to know what this is all about. I've seen how it works, and it is really interesting. And essentially trying to eliminate the need to use um, you know, pesticides and herbicides and all that, or at least reduce it significantly. And the, the whole story here is that it actually works very very well there are more than one company uh more than one company making these devices and so i think that the future here is robotics and automation whether we like it or not and the money is going there that's where money is flowing as they say follow the money so as an investor that's one side of it but also if your job if your career if you see the writing on the wall Maybe now is the best time to start to look elsewhere, to start to do what you can to make change if you think that a robot or some sort of you know, automation is going to replace your job before that day comes. Have skills ready to go. If you're not already on the insiders, you've got to get on because that's my way to connect to you directly and for you to connect to me directly. So all it is is basically five days a week, I email you the video of the day. And then, you know, we can get around the censorship, we can get around all that because I will be able to communicate to you directly. It is available here at this card or at themoneygps.com. 
To support this channel, all you have to do is click the like button, hit that thumbs up button, and you will be helping me out. And if you haven't seen this video already, you definitely want to check it out. So just click it and I'll see you there.